Hello and welcome. I am Laura Cragen, an intuitive eating and Christian life coach. I am so glad you're here. This podcast is for women who knows her health is a spiritual matter. If you're anything like me, you have probably heard the phrase mind, body, and spirit. But what does that mean? I am confident that I have found the details of those three God-given areas in our life. Specific mindset skills for our mind, intuitive eating for our body, and healing in Christ for our spirit. My hope is that as we discuss these life-changing lessons, we will be better able to fulfill our unique purpose in preparing for the second coming of Christ. I am so excited to have these wonderful conversations with you. Hello and welcome back. I am pumped to start this. This is a passion project that has been on my mind for a while. So this episode is the start of a new series of episodes I have been excited to do for a while. It is the Intuitive Eating series, and I will have 12 episodes, including this one. There are lots of episodes there, and it's a lot of cover. So I'm working hard on this content so that it will be forever in the podcast cloud. I can refer people back to it whenever they need more specific questions about intuitive eating in each one of the principles. So after this series, I will get into more gospel-related topics such as Jesus Christ and other key mindset principles that I absolutely love. So this it will be really fun to create this juicy info over this next while, so stick with me. But today, I will be giving you more of a summary of intuitive eating. My story behind it and how it's related to our faith as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, like I was saying, in the future episodes, though, I will be diving deeper into each one of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. I will still weave my personal stories and insights along with how it ties in with our faith. But it's going to be some pretty amazing information. Plus, I'm going to be doing a bonus episode after the principles of how to raise intuitive eaters. Since many of my listeners are moms, grandmas, or work closely with children in their lives. And it is such an important responsibility of ours to stop the loud voice of diet culture and guide children in a better way of their own health. So after all that said, let's jump in. (laughs) I want to start off by saying I feel so confident that women desperately need intuitive eating in their life. And I'm going to share my story of how I really came to know this and it really helped me feel this way. So I was driving southbound on I-15 in Utah where I live and... I was on my way to my intensive outpatient program at my eating disorder recovery center. I was, as I was in the car, I noticed that almost every other billboard was about health, bodies, or healthy food. I felt pretty overwhelmed by how many there were once I started counting and noticing them. I thought to myself, no wonder I have struggled and I'm on my way to this program. (laughs) I have been bombarded with these messages for years. But I, I had some time to reflect, and I thought to myself, what is the main problem that women are dealing with right now that separates them from the Spirit? Distraction. Distracted by what? 
by the health culture and flaunting of bodies. Why are they distracted? Because they don't feel like they are enough as they are. Why do they not feel like they are enough? Because they have not yet put Christ in the center of that hole that they feel like is missing in their heart. So a pretty big thought process, right? That epiphany was for me at first. Then I couldn't help but think of the other girls in my program trying to heal from their disorders too. And lastly, I had more time to reflect on how this message is for all God's children. We all deal with it and need help. And as a side note too, that process of thought was a coaching technique that I subconsciously did to myself, along with the Spirit helping me learn a lesson. Anytime you really want to get to the heart of a problem is to ask why at least five times. <laughs> Try it sometime. It really works. <laughs> and especially um, when I help my kids with their problems. You know how they ask me why a lot? I start to ask them why a lot. <laughs> why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? <laughs> it really works. So I feel so passionate about this and I can feel the stress and sadness from other women as we talk in our coaching sessions or just with other women at the gym or wherever. Millions of women feel stressed in this way. It is taking so much of their brain power and blocks them from really moving forward, including myself. As a side note, I want to mention that Many of these people have their whole lives and businesses centered around health and fitness. And that is okay. If you're one of those people, that is okay. There are good people out there trying to make a difference. And it does. It makes a great difference. It really helps people. Many people lose weight in a program and it dramatically improves their life. I have many friends who do this. My husband even did this in his own personal training business. Heck, I even did it before I changed directions in my own coaching business. I was more focused on weight loss with my clients. It was more focused on how the way you look makes you feel. I felt that it still could bring happiness and even closer to God. And that can be true. In my study of it all, though, I have found this that there is a better road for me. And as I see how it can be a better road for many people and still get the same results with a better focus and without the heavy health paradigms that come with the traditional programs. It is so much more than a program, too. And I don't really like that word program, but it gets us down to our core values it becomes a frame of mind that is loving and empowering. I'm excited to dive deeper into these things, and it will make more sense as we go. I just wanted to help you validate yourself and others for trying to be our best selves up until now with our past health behaviors and mindsets. Now for my story of how I found it. As I have mentioned on my previous episode about my eating disorders, I came across intuitive eating, the whole book and everything about it, on Instagram about three years ago. 
someone was talking about it and I thought I would check it out. I was glued to the book and I loved it. I read the whole thing. I tried it for a couple weeks, but then abandoned its principles because it I still wanted to lose weight. But I think God had a purpose for me reading it at that time. He was going to remind me of it later when I was truly on my knees and ready to change. Much later, when I was in one of my darkest moments, I was on my knees every day asking God sincerely to help me with my depression, along with asking for help in my eating struggles too. The Lord answered my prayers slowly. He first helped me see clearly that these things are a problem. I need to name them and take responsibility for them. I thought back to a time when I read the intuitive eating book. The Spirit kept telling me to revisit that material again. I, it occupied my mind. It says that in D&C, I think, 127. The, spirit, the prompting of the Spirit is when something occupies your mind. you got to look into it, especially if you're living worthy enough. And I visited it, and it felt good. God believes in good books, and the Scriptures have told us to seek after them. After some time, I finally heeded the prompting, and I skimmed the book again, like I said. And these principles, they felt like home. They felt healing. They felt right. The principles like making peace with food, no matter what kind. Getting rid of my food police in my mind. Honoring my fullness. These all felt so good. I bought and started the workbook book that is sold separately and hoped that it would help me integrate the principles even more. And they have. <laughs> There's something about answering journal prompts and taking time to seriously reflect instead of just reading that works wonders. <laughs> so let's jump right in. There are 10 principles. Are you ready? So principle number one. Reject the diet mentality. So our culture is permeated with diet rules and seeing bodies as objects, right? We know this much. But to bring attention to it, it's in social media, in shows, in the news, in magazines, even in our conversations with one, one with another. But this ideal that we must all be one size or close to it is unreasonable and damaging to our physical and mental health. It is extremely difficult to make weight loss sustainable for most people, but this makes for a great business opportunity for the nearly 60 billion year 60 billion dollar per year weight loss industry. 60 billion dollars is a built-in repeat business. In the intuitive eating book it says it is the only business that produces a product that doesn't work, but is not blamed for its failure. The consumers blame themselves. Brilliant, huh? <laughs> so, like I've said before, get mad at the lies you have been led to believe all these years. You're not a failure when a, you start a new diet and it stops working and you gain back weight. Maybe even more than before. It's crucial for you to let go of any hope 
that a new and better diet will be waiting just around the corner. It will block you from being free to fully rediscover intuitive eating. Dr. Lindsay and Lexi Kite, who founded the amazing nonprofit Beauty Redefined, explained this well by saying that our identity splits in two every time we believe and jump into diet culture. We become the observer and the observed. Every time you look into the mirror in a fluorescently lit dressing room, trying on new clothes, or walk into a party with a new dress and wonder how we look. Right there. Our identity splits. We become the observer and the observed. Our souls can feel that and it hurts. That is why we are here today to talk about this. And it is imperative as a first step to reject this mentality so that we can move forward, stitching ourselves back together again and come home to ourselves. So principle number two. Honor your hunger. Many of us have had a very negative relationship with the scale, right? So let's learn a new scale. You ditch the old one. It's You really got to start listening to your inner scale, your inner signals, and getting into the habit of asking yourself, am I hungry? Am I feeling full? And each, time you, each time you do that before you start or end a meal, And you can use this scale being from 0 to 10, where 0 being starving on a a desert island, (laughs) and 10 being Thanksgiving dinner stuffed. Where are you in between there? Use the scale and your body signals to be your best guide when you should stop and start eating. Now principle number three, make peace with food. Stop the war. All food is neutral. And there, of course, there is nutritional value between asparagus and a peanut butter cookie. There is different nutritional value between those two. But as a principle later on that we will talk about, you need to deconstruct and break down building blocks to then reconstruct those healthy building blocks again. So right now you're going to trust the process and trust yourself and your body again and really get used to this phrase of making peace with food. All food is neutral. (laughs) And to trust the process. Okay, principle number four. Challenge the food police. The food police is an incessant dialogue in your head that dieting has created rules that should be obeyed. It plays out like a loud siren in your head when you eat those chewy, warm chocolate chip cookies on a girl's night or a meeting at work. But you need to instead reframe your negative judgmental thoughts like, I can trust myself. Instead of saying things like, I am a complete loser I can never stay on my plan with what I'm going to eat. I invested into this diet program. You got to reframe those those fra- those paradigms in our mind. And as Elder Ugdorf has said in the past about talking about bullying, if you ever have read that talk, and definitely here, what we're seeing in our mind right there is a form of bullying. 
We need to just stop it. <laughs> so let's try to challenge those food police and just stop it. It's going to take time, but you can do that slowly as you pick them out in your brain. And no, I'm not going to think that anymore. Now, principle number five, failurefulness. So how do we as busy women listen to our body signals and to tell us that we are no longer hungry? Well, first, there are barriers to keeping us from really fully feeling our fullness. Fully feeling our fullness. <laughs> that's a mouthful. But what are so what are those barriers? And that's where we're going to start today is just trying to remove those barriers because it's pretty it's pretty natural once our body takes takes flow after you've removed those barriers you know how it feels depending on where it is in your body there are definitely more specifics I'll go to in the future but are you spending are you um spending too much time on YouTube or rocking around the kitchen while you eat I do that all the time with three little kids or are you checking Instagram while you're eating so think about those barriers. Principle number six, discover the satisfaction factor. So get curious about yourself here. What would make the satisfying meal for you? What would do it? Taking more time to eat, spending time with someone you love with relaxing mu music in the background, or is it more physical, like looking at your food? <laughs> Heaven forbid we even look at our food. Taking more than three bites even <laughs> or smelling what even just smelling the food as you cook it and getting ready for it. Our body's kind of churning and getting ready for that experience. And it's quite fun, especially I just think of garlic and onions. And when you saute those on the pan before you make a really delicious pasta sauce, there's that time where you're excited to eat it. So it's kind of fun. That, that principle is pretty fun. Now principle number seven Cope with your emotions without using food. So our emotions are messengers, not enemies. They're in motion, emotion. They're trying to send us a, mes a message. When these hard emotions arise, we might be in a pattern of buffering with food, right? We don't want to feel that. I'm going to go eat something in the pantry. This is a critical moment when you can choose to be in attunement with yourself. So attunement at the root of the word is being in tune. We must nurture this ability in ourselves to be in touch with what is going on in our body. In those moments when you just want to eat that whole box of Oreos or the whole box of, <laughs> um, or the whole, I just was eating some mint ice cream and I realized I'm just putting off some work, to be honest here. <laughs> See, I still struggle and I realize, okay, maybe I'm eating more of this than I should. And it's okay. I'm not, it's not a moral thing. But what is out of tune? I had to ask myself. And I realized it's because I'm trying to put off some work stuff. And I know I have a lot going on today. And I'm stressed about it. <laughs> but there's also things like self-care or self-compassion practices that you need to engage in or to feel better or to honor your body. And as I coach clients, we get real and discuss what that looks like for them and individually hold them accountable to it. Principle number eight. This is a big one. This is going to be a big episode later on. I feel like this is the therapy of intuitive eating. It is 
Principle number eight, respect your body. This is where all the mental work comes in. Of course, there's a lot There's a lot more that have mental work, but this one I feel like is really heavy on mental work and therapy. This is a hard one for women, I'd say. This principle could be renamed also body acceptance. When you think about it for a minute, how is your body image right now? Right, if, we're, if you're listening to something like this, I can imagine you need to work on it, and I am still needing to work on it. We have been through years of our childhood and teenage years and in our early adulthood learning these diet culture paradigms. It's not okay to have this stay in our minds. So we need to work on respecting our body by accepting, first off, our genetic blueprint. This is how you are. You are born into this world with a set of physical characteristics that cannot be changed. Sure, you could be thinner, but is it worth all that extra time? There's a reason why it takes so, it's so hard to get to that point because it's not a natural thing to be for you and your specific body. And you're probably just fine and healthy just being that way anyway. There are many people are, who are on the world standards have a higher BMI but are perfectly healthy. It's definitely in that book, Health Every Size, that talks about more and more of that. But it's in order to get to that thinner part of us, so to say, it is it worth all that time, effort, and starvation of yourself to get there? No, of course. You're, you're choosing something better. That's why you're here, and I'm so proud of you for it. And I have had to be my own best friend and being proud of myself for doing this, even though I say this is just too hard. I just don't want to do this anymore. But I am choosing to respect my body, and you are too. Even if you are not ready to love it yet, you can ex- you can at least accept it and respect it as your first step. Now, principle number nine, exercise. Feel the difference. Just, just as this entails, we are f- from now on going to exercise to feel the difference. How do you feel as you do your activity of choice? Or are you, are you even allowing yourself to really do your activity of choice? Anything counts as long as you're moving your body. It may be hard after years of working out, of just trying to find the workout that burns the most calories. But getting comfortable with this idea and experiment, if you take nothing from this principle, just remember to ask yourself two how questions. How do I feel? And how do I like to move my body? Now last, we're at principle number 10. Honor your health with gentle nutrition. And a lot of you are probably here and you have a, you have a lot of knowledge in nutrition. That we all have gotten pretty good at this game of knowing what's good for us and we really abide by its rules. You've done a ton of research and you ex- you've experimented with your body over years of what feels good in your body. And that is great. Let's not abandon that. But this principle has to be last because of all the mental prep work before. If you feel like you are mentally in a good state with your body, you can start implementing some of those things. Intuitive eating does promote good health and general practices that make that happen, like water intake and portion sizes according to how hungry you are, and one food having more nutritional value than the, than the other, and you make that decision. 
you will finally have your internal judge clear on those decisions and not have it be from an outside source or a diet. And it will feel so good. (laughs) So those are the 10 principles. Amazing, amazing life-changing principles there. I am so grateful for them and it has changed my life. So with all these news tips, it is hard to remember which ones will be the best place to start. I have a free guide called Five Tips to Start Intuitive Eating. I reveal my five of the best steps that will help you propel forward on this new journey of intuitive eating. I explain some of these new steps that I haven't even talked about here. They're not principles, but they're different bite-sized steps that are going to help you. These will be new easy steps that I haven't talked about here that will help you even more like the non-food detox you will begin applying to your life or the most exciting list you will ever make. We're always making lists, right? But this is the most exciting one. Or learning about a new scale and how to ditch the old one. So I will leave a link for you to get that sent to you straight away and you just click there and it's yours and it will be a huge push forward on your journey. I want to end with a scripture though. As I read it, think about it through the lens of coming home to yourself and everything we have learned today about intuitive eating. It was wonderful when I found this scripture. I've heard it before, but I never it, didn't, it never rang true to me until now. These are Christ's words on the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 6, 25-34. Therefore, I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, What ye shall put on, is it not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit into his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field how they grow, how they toil not, neither do they spend. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not yet arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying that what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or whether all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that which have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day, is the evil thereof. That last verse is definitely a verse about anxiety. The morrow shall take thought for things of itself. After all these years of worrying about how we look or offer the world, or what we offer the world, we have created a lot of anxiety in ourselves. But as Christ has said here, God will take care of you. Christ already has bought you. Take no thought. Consider the lilies. Have faith. 
It will be okay. You are doing the best you can. I hope this podcast helped you today, my friend. I love you, and so do many, many others. Now it is your turn to love yourself. Come home to yourself, find Christ there, and go forward with your unique purpose. Thank you for listening, and I hope today's show filled your soul and gave you the direction you were searching for in your health, life, and relationship with God. I would love to stay connected. Subscribe to my podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. And it would mean so much to me if you would rate and review this podcast just down below. Your words inspire me and give me that boost to create more inspiring content to share. I would love to meet you on social media. Find me on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if this show really inspired you today, take a screenshot to share it on social media and tag me or click the share button to give it to someone else that would also benefit from these spirit-filled discussions. Let us all spread the good word of the gospel of Christ and help others in any way we can. Thank you again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting with you.